Hello, this is me, Jen, again, uh, with Yogi Talk Podcast, and I'm here recording in the Southwest Denver Rec Center, where I teach a class at 5.45, each Monday and Wednesday, um, but no one's come to class today, so I'm taking this time to do my podcast, and what I wanted to talk about today was Ahimsa, since I've been going over some of the Yoga Sutras, um, and the Aitland path. Uh, I wanted to cover another niyama or another practice or virtue that's prescribed by the Yoga Sutras, and that's ahimsa or nonviolence. Um, it's in part two, number thirty-five, described in the Yoga Sutras, and. The verse translated into English is, In the presence of one firmly established in nonviolence, all hostilities cease. And the book I have is by Sri Swami Satchitananda, and his commentary continues. Starting with the 35th Sutra, Patanjali covers the ten virtues one by one. When the vow of Ahimsa is established in someone, all enmity ceases in his or her presence because that person emits harmonious vibrations. If two people have enmity between them come to such a person, they will temporarily forget it. That is the benefit of ahimsa. When it is practiced continuously in thought, word, and deed for some time, the entire personality brings out those vibrations. Uh, he continues to go on and say that Maybe even an animal would practice ahimsa toward you if you encountered it in the wild and you were firmly established in your ahimsa practice. Uh, he says, Lord Buddha cultivated this practice. Wherever he brought peace, harmony, wherever he went, he brought peace, harmony, and friendliness. Saint Francis is another great example of this. Mahatma Gandhi tried his best to practice and propagate ahimsa, bringing many people together. So when you say nonviolence, you generally think of Gandhi and Martin Luther King, right? So the translation of the word ahimsa to nonviolence might be a little bit difficult for most of us who are brought up in modern American schools, I guess, because when you hear nonviolence, you know, thinking of the nonviolent movements and sit-ins and Gandhi's nonviolent protests and so on. Um, and this sets a really high ideal for us. I'm going to go back to my first podcast of setting the bar really low. Um, when I first started practicing as a Catholic, I got really scared and afraid, you know, learning in the Catholic tradition and was just going, there's no way I can really be a Catholic. I mean... I'm just not good enough. I, do I really need to go out and give up uh, all my material possessions today and uh, devote my entire life towards trying to sacrifice it for the good of someone else? And I guess I never really got a good answer to that. I'm sure there's lots of people who could quote the Bible where it's like, yeah, leave your mom and dad behind. Leave everything behind. Um... And I guess there's a good deal of violence in the Bible. I, I'm not saying that as like a knock against it or something. 
Um, I'm just saying that I never really had that question resolved, except for that I met a lot of people who seemed to be practicing Catholicism in a way that made sense to me, who weren't living kind of extreme lives in a sense. Maybe they had extreme attitudes about things and were very skillful in applying those attitudes. I don't know. Um, but to me, even the big step of, of thinking to yourself, goodness, I have to change everything right now, seems a little problematic. And violent in and of itself. It's sort of a, a very quick movement. And, and I mean, I guess you have a lot of guilt when you're thinking, wow, I have to change everything. I guess that just tells you how great of a person I am, right? Um, well, the way I think about Ahimsa now generally applies to thoughts, since I experience a lot of negative and thoughts that are violent towards myself in particular. And that doesn't really help me when I'm trying to be compassionate towards someone else. Uh, sometimes it does because I can say, oh, I totally know why you might feel bad about that or be confused about that. I, I seem to be thinking uh, other things. That I, anyway, I have contrasting thoughts a lot in my head and so a lot of times in, in when people encounter different situations that they want to tell me about, I tend to find myself being able to understand most people to a certain degree. Uh, depending on the situation they're in. Maybe most people do, I don't know. But Ahimsa uh, in my own mind towards myself is a practice that I really need to work on. And Ahimsa in my body is also something I need to work on. Uh, I was at a yoga studio a little while ago. I sell clothes there and I was sitting with two of my favorite yoga teachers one of them had just had a baby, and one of them is like a, a bigger lady, I guess you could say. Um, she's like super toned in her muscles and her butt, and like she, I mean, she looks great. She's just got a lot more to her than most of the women who work in yoga. There tends to be a certain body type. And she constantly kind of picks on herself, laments this. It's never terribly violent. She has seemed to have learned to do it in a very soft and gentle way. But there's still that need to point out uh, when she's there. It, it always comes up. What? And sorry, that's the fan happening in here. I'm just so sorry. It sounds terrible. So loud. I hope you guys can hear this. Um, anyway, so women and their bodies. Uh, tend to, women tend to be very violent in their ideas towards their bodies. That's sometimes how I feel when I'm working out. Like, my body just really doesn't want to be working out. I'm sure a lot of people can identify with that. There is kind of a trade-off where when I get done working out, yeah, I feel better. Uh, other times, I really sincerely feel that I'm just burning off energy. And it's really hard for me to kind of go ahead with that. When on the other hand, I'm trying to practice ahimsa towards my body. I want to be this good example for other people and women in general. Uh, I, it's really sad to me. This yoga teacher I was telling you about, the heavier one, she, she told me that she wrote an email to 
the clothing manufacturer who sends the clothing to the studio. She said, if we're supposed to be a, a yoga studio where we're accepting environment, where we're accepting of people's physical and every other kind of difference a person can have, why are none of our clothes sold in a size bigger than a size 8? Um, and that was a powerful thing for me to hear, coming from someone who is obviously really experienced. Another example I found of the hipsa was this magazine I picked up on the outside, or like in the little vestibule, I said REI. And it's called um, Competitor, it's about running. And they had a piece about this guy named Ryan Hall. I don't know if he's in the Olympics or not, because here's a confession. I don't really care about the Olympics, sorry. They're fun when they're on, but I, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> great for them, great for everybody, and I hope everyone can realize what they want and need to be fulfilled. Anyway, Ryan Hall is talking to the interviewer and saying, you know, I've kind of changed the way I train a little bit. It's made him a bit of a controversial figure. Um, he does follow the Bible. He doesn't give examples of how he does that, but he reads the Bible and applies what he reads to his training. Um, I can just imagine someone eating manna. I, I don't know. He doesn't sound quite as out there as that, but what he says is, inspired by the biblical concept of the Sabbath being a rest day, Paul made a bold, cha bold change and now runs only six days a week. With the day off, I rarely break a hundred miles a week, he admits. <gasps> Shock! Ah! Paul is also spending, spreading out his recovery between workouts from one day to at least two. The idea is to listen to my body and take as many days as needed to fully recover, which is typically one day longer than I would like to take, he said. But I have learned that it is better to err on the side of too much rest than not enough. Alright, so this potential Olympian runner needs, listens to his body and says, maybe I need to take another day off and rest. One more than I would like to take. Well, my, my first like observation about this statement is I would like to take less than two days. I. So, me, the one who's running this body, rather than like me, the one who is this body. I mean, that's a really good example of the kind of contrasting thoughts that a person can have within them. Uh, but I, I like it. He, he wants to rest and he's noticing his body. Um, so I, I think that's all I really have to say about that today. Just to be okay with, with stuff that's happening within you your thoughts, even the bad ones. Sometimes when you're beating up on yourself about one thing or another, you can start beating yourself up about beating yourself up. And if that's not violence, I don't know what is. Um, so take it easy. Most of us, I don't know, most of me and my friends and the people I know don't live particularly violent lives in the sense that we need to be cognizant of shootings or other kinds of violence that is more popularly thought of, I guess. Although, knock on wood, right? Um, but perhaps, you know, like Satyajananda says, you can start with yourself. Start with that feeling of, oh man, I, 
I wish my triceps were smaller. I could just shave them right off. Like, ew, don't shave your triceps off. Don't imagine yourself taking a cheese grater and grating off the fatty part of your arm. That's violent. Um, who would think that anyway? But say to yourself, like, it's okay, you know. This is what my biceps look like. And maybe it'll change, maybe it won't. But can we just be okay with that for a little while? Can we just be okay with our bodies and, and the thoughts in our mind? Like, oh, I didn't do my prayer that I do every day last night. Dang it, I, I really just gave up on God last night. Gosh, I'm a terrible person. Oh, man. Take a break, I guess. This is another set the bar really low episode. Um, so when you come to yoga, and I see this in a lot of my students, um, oh, my, my left arm is stupid. My, my right hip is just really arguing with me, and, and uh, so on and so forth. Every list of physical pain and complaint they might have. I guess when I'm with them, I try to suggest that perhaps you can say hello to that whatever it is, like, hi, pain in my left SI joint, I notice you trying to get my attention, you've got my attention, and I'm doing yoga for us to feel better, I guess that's still a separation between mind and body, but whatever, I haven't figured that out yet either, so thanks for listening to this rambly bumbly podcast, and hope to talk to you next week, namaste.